Blogger Outreach is today's topic with Jeannie Dietrich for episode 40. Let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. For today's episode, we are featuring Jeannie Dietrich, and we're going to talk about how to improve your SEO, brand awareness, and lead generation by reaching out to bloggers and influencers through public relations. The idea is that you increment your SEO traffic, your search visibility, right? You get more organic traffic, organic visitors searching for solutions to problems. They find you. Excellent. You get more traffic. And the reason you would improve your SEO is because by making a connection with these influencers and bloggers, you would get mentions from their websites, uh, backlinks, of course. And this is an indicator to search engines that you are a quality person, that you are a quality brand and website, and that you should be ranking higher in the search and in the search results. Then you would generate more brand awareness because these people are talking about you, so other influencers are going to notice. The media is going to notice your brand. Hopefully, you have a very good presence, a very good image and branding in place. And then you would generate leads because you would get direct tra- direct traffic from their mentions on their websites. Perhaps you're able to post a guest post on these post a guest post on these people's websites, these influencers' websites. They have a huge huge audiences. Uh, you would get direct traffic and direct leads from from doing this social media mentions. It's just a great overall strategy. And that's why I wanted to have Ginny Dietrich with me on the show today. And I want to let you know that we are running a contest for this episode as well. You have a chance to win a one-on-one coaching call with me to assess your marketing plan. You can learn more about that at rebelgrowth.com forward slash Ginny, G-I-N-I. And that'll take you to the guidelines to the contest for participating. I also want to let you know that at the very end of this episode, I give you a quick little tip on how to find these influencers and what to do about it to start creating relationships with them. Because I know it might sound very scary or very superficial or not possible to do, but I promise it is entirely possible, completely possible, right? So stay until the end and you'll be able to hear my tip on how to do it. So without any further ado, let's jump right into the interview with Ginny Dietrich. I have with me the CEO of Armin Dietrich, a Chicago Go-based marketing communication firm. She's one of the top PR persons according to Cloud and TechCrunch. It is my pleasure to have with me Ginny Dietrich. Ginny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. So, um, okay, tell me a little about your job as the CEO on Armin <laughs> Dietrich, and how, how did you come into this world of marketing? Um, it sounds so impressive, but I don't know if it's that impressive. Um, I sort of grew up in the big PR firm world, and 10 years ago decided to go out on my own because 
of course, like everybody who starts a business thinks that they have a better way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, my big thing is how to measure PR, how to measure the efforts that you, you know, you put into and, and because it's, it's, it requires people's time. It temp- typically is pretty expensive. And so clients are always saying, well, why did I spend $5,000 and I haven't really seen anything from it? So my big goal was to, to figure out a way to measure that. And it took about seven years of being in business before we figured out the right proprietary method to measure results. Um, so we've been pushing that along for the past three years. And about two years ago, I launched what we call the PESO model, which the PR industry has adopted as part of its overall strategy in terms of how to integrate all of the different communication channels and measure efforts. So that's, I mean, it's been kind of cool to to watch that happen. Uh, When you say proprietary, what do you mean like um, a strategy that you created for yourself? We created it for ourselves and, you know, there, I talk, I'm pretty open about how it works, um, especially on the blog. The blog is Spin Sucks. I talk a lot about how it works and how to implement it yourself. Um, but it's interesting because even though I've given away pretty much every secret on how to implement it and it hasn't, it isn't so much proprietary anymore, um, people aren't able to execute it like we do. And I think partly that's because we created it, but also because I have the team behind me that, um, focuses solely on it. So it's it's kind of funny because I, I keep getting hired by agencies to come in and teach them how to do it. Yeah. It's good consulting work for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and what what's yes. the blog? Let, let's send people to let's send people to your blog. What's what's the URL? Spinsucks.com. Beautiful name. <laughs> how do you, why did you decide it about what what do you how do you come up with with that name? You know, it's funny when <laughs> I'm very opinionated and there are certain things that really drive me crazy and one of them is when you tell people that you do PR for a living they have one of two responses the first response is oh you're a spin doctor oh yeah (laughs) or oh you lie for a living and actually I don't lie for a living and no I'm not a spin doctor Um, so we were sitting around our conference room one day and one of our really junior I think she may have even been an intern at that point I don't think she'd been promoted yet um, said, well, what, why don't we call the blog Spin Sucks? And this was in 2006, and I said, well, gosh, do you think the URL is available? And it actually was available. So that's, that is the genesis of it, with the idea that we would change that perception that people have that we're spin doctors. Can't believe that URL was available. <laughs> I know, I can't either. It's kind of weird that it was, but it was. Yeah. I, I always, whenever I get an idea, I run over to GoDaddy and try to <laughs> find the URL to see if, if the name's name is available and so many names are taking it's crazy i hate it it's crazy i agree yeah so frustrating because you have to base your idea's name on whether the url the url the domain name is available or not and that really 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 sucks yeah i mean nine years this was nine years ago so it's interesting that it was it did still exist but i mean even things like i just bought um pr PR agency Chicago and PR firm Chicago, um, but I had to pay for both of them. Yeah, that, because... and that was the domain flipping era. Domain yeah, flipping was yes. pretty hot that in yep. that age. I mean, yep. I, I have I have friends who made a ton of money just by sitting in the computers, <sighs> buying domain names and selling them to people who actually needed them. So so frustrating. Don't you wish you thought of that? I wish I thought of that. I was too young to to think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was not, unfortunately. <laughs> I was worried about, you know, 
teenagers things. <laughs> Girls. <laughs> Girls. <laughs> Parties. <laughs> yeah. All right, tell me, tell me about Marketing in the Round. Mm. Marketing in the Round came out in 2012. Um, it was my first foray into writing a book, which was amazing. And I wrote it with a co-author, which is a lot, e it's a lot easier to write half a book than a full book. Um, and it, the, the idea of Marketing in the Round was to help organizations understand that all of these silos that they were creating needed, creating needed to be broken down and work together. So you saw, especially back back then, which wasn't all that long ago, but, you know, five years ago, you saw the organizations would add a social media team to their already existing business, but the social media team wasn't talking to PR or marketing or even sales. They were just sort of, or customer service, they were just sort of sitting there by themselves. So the idea of marketing in the round was really to break down those silos and create an, create an organization that everybody talked to one another and brought the digital tools into every department, not just in the social department. Makes sense, for sure. Now, I've heard you uh, said a bunch of times that PR is an investment, not an expense. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think that is? Um, it goes back to the whole idea that, um, you know, up, to, up until this point, we really didn't measure our efforts. And so organizations would understand that they needed PR because if nobody knows that you exist, then you're not selling, right? But it's really difficult to measure and because it's difficult to measure on the P&L it's always added as an expense on line item um, on your P&L and instead of as as an investment and so when you've got when you when something happens like there's a crisis or the recession or anything like that you look at your expenses and you say what can we get rid of and PR is typically one of the first to go because it's seen as an expense and so one of the things I've really been pushing hard on for the last three years is how do we prove that we're actually an, an investment? And if you get rid of us in times of, of crisis, you're, it's going to be worse because you not only have stopped talking about who you are and what you do, but you're also losing money because PR is one of the things that's bringing that money in the door. Definitely. Which brings me to, to thinking why PR is good for SEO because a lot of people still think that SEO is like it used to be, um, sort of black hatish, yep, sort of, sort of yep. speak, yeah, um, and it's not. There has no. been a lot of changes lately on algorithms, which is why PR is so important for SEO. So I want to hear it from you. Why do you think it is? You know, it's it's a few things. I mean, content is. Oh, King. I mean, you. that's not going to come to a surprise to you or to any of your listeners. Everybody knows that content is king, or at least prints. Um, and it's because it helps educate, it helps inform, it helps tell the story, it helps do all of those things that we need to do as an organization anyway. But then Google looks at it and says, wow, this organization is producing really great content. They're being consistent about it. We know that they're an expert on PR metrics, for instance. So that's one of my big key phrases is PR metrics. We know that this organization is, is because they keep creating content around that topic that's valuable and informational and people are sharing and people are commenting on it and it's, you know, it has that long tail effect. And of course, we're really smart about using 
the right keywords and not stuffing with keywords and using anchor text in a smart way. And then the other thing that we do is we're really smart about going out to other publications. So for instance, I write for Inc., I write for Open Forum, I write for All Business. So in all, all three of those publications, I've written an article on PR metrics. I use that anchor text in all three of those articles that leads back to a Spin Sucks article and now I continue to rise in search results based on that keyword. Um, so it, it really allows you to take sort of the idea of PR, which is building relationships with journalists, creating content, and having a third party talk about how awesome you are and that you are an expert around these types of things and linking back to your site, which of course Google loves. So it, it sort of creates that we, we have a three-pronged approach to it. It's brand awareness, SEO, and lead generation. And that SEO piece, it really helps because you're creating content your own, on your own website. You're creating content for other publications and for other bloggers, and you're bringing people back to your site in some fashion. Yeah, and, you're, and you're reaching out to, um, quote-unquote, influencers yes. that have the power of uh, yes. elevating your brand. Yes. And like, yes. Yes. even if they might not be your ideal customer, they have their ideal customer in their audience. Your ideal, sorry, they have your ideal customer in their audience. Right. Which is what it, why it's good to, you know, for that awareness. And even if, I would add to that, even if it's not the exact right audience, if their domain authority is higher than yours and you've got that link in there, that helps too. So it just helps your search results, right? So right. even if it's not the exact right audience, it's definitely helping with your search engine optimization. Which is why you have those sort of three points that, right. it, that it helps for lead right. generation, searching optimization, and generating awareness. So even yep. if one of those three is not working, one of, one of the others are going to be working and providing value to your strategy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. it makes, makes total sense. Um, so let's, uh, having said that, let's get ourselves into the shoes of someone who wants to plan for a, a PR strategy and get these types of results from start to finish. What would you recommend someone starts doing? Um, I would start with your own content. You want to start with something that you own. So I'll just keep using PR metrics as the example. You want to create content on your own website or your own blog around your, your keywords. So let's say it's PR metrics, let's say it's content marketing, let's say it's Chicago PR firm, whatever it is that you, you have focus on from a keyword perspective, create content around that. And be really diligent about it being informational and educational. One of the things that absolutely drives me crazy about our industry is... <laughs> Everybody complains about all the crap that's out there, all the crap content, all the crap email that they get, and then they get behind their computer screens and they pump out crap. And part of it, I think, is because it's not easy to create interesting, compelling content. Um, you have to do research, you have to interview other people, you have to interview experts, you have to bring in you know, thinking, you, you even in some cases have to draw a, 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 a line in the sand and be very opinionated, which, you know, makes some people angry. Yeah. So you, you know, it's, I think it, that all of those pieces come into the reason why we sit behind our computer screens and, and pump out crap. So you have to be really good about not pumping out crap and not just getting it off your to-do list, but actually creating content that people want to read and share and engage with. That's number one. And once you've done that, 
you go and you say, okay, what what bloggers, which bloggers and which journalists are influential in my space? So it might be Fast Company or Forbes, or it might be the dog sitting blog that has 300 readers, but all 300 readers are super engaged in dog sitting. Um, so whatever it happens to be, you have to create that list of influencers. And then you go and you pitch to them contributed content. I'd love to write an article for you on PR metrics. In that piece, you, of course, are going to link back to something that you own. And like for us, you know, on Spin Sucks, we have a guest blogger every day. And we'll always let them link to once one piece of content or their website or whatever they want to link to in the, the article that they've written for us. And most publications and bloggers will let you do that. So that's really the big piece of it is, you know, making sure that you have the content to support your, what I'll call media relations program, and then go out and create content for other publications and other blogs that brings them back, brings those readers back to your website or your blog. And how does that content look like? Um, how do you define good content? You know, it could be a podcast, it could be videos, it could be blog posts, it could be an ebook, it could be checklists, it could be an organizational checkup. I mean, there's a ton of things that you could do. You know, visuals, it, it it's really depend, depends on how you prefer to create content. I'm a text uh, learner, so I prefer to write. Um, and I also have a creative writing minor degree from, from college, so... I prefer the writing piece of it, but you know, we test podcasting, we test video series, we test all of that stuff to see what's the most valuable. Um, and I, I, so I think it really just depends on where you're most, most comfortable. Well, for me, for me, I like podcasts, of course. I also do articles, but for my podcasts, I always make sure to, um, to transcribe them yep. for, because of, of that SEO juice that I want yes. to get out there. I want Google yes. to, to see a lot of content, written content on my pages. So, so I always um, advise people doing uh, podcasts to transcribe their shows for that reason because a lot of people, a lot of podcasters or, or vlog, video vloggers uh, underestimate the power of the, written world, uh, the written word in the eyes of search engines. Yeah, it's great advice. <laughs> totally agree with that. Yeah. So um, when you're creating your content, do you sort of start doing some keyword research to decide what you're going to write about, you know, and making sure that it makes sense to your SEO strategy and your PR strategy? <laughs> um, for clients, yes, definitely. For myself, no. Um, I have a list actually right here in front of me of content that I want to produce, and none of it is based on an SEO strategy. It's just stuff that I, you know, I've read or I want to write about. And then I go back through after I've written the piece of content and figure out what the keyword is. It's sort of backwards, but yes. it works. It, yeah, it makes sense. I, I also do that oftentimes. Sometimes I want to write for the search engines to rank for certain keywords. And sometimes I, you want, I just want to write about certain topics. And then after I, write, um, after I decide what I want to write about, I go back and I search keywords yep. that make sense to that <laughs> right. piece of content, right? Yeah, that's how I do it too. Yeah. Right, but let, let's geek a little into finding these keywords. Do you have any specific way of uh, finding you know, the people that you want to uh, reach out to? Uh, finding uh, or the keywords of... that, yeah, in terms, in terms of the keywords that you want to rank for, how do you find these keywords and how do you find the people that are ta talking about 
those keywords online so that you can get a link back to your site or a mention or some sort of, you know, PR. I'm sure that there's probably a much more sophisticated way to do this, but the way I do it is I go into AdWords and I, you know, search, I do keywords that I think, and then of course see, you know, what kind of monthly searches and all those kinds of things um, have. And then I do a Google search to see who's already talking about the topic. And that's how I decide whether or not it's something A, that I can compete with and B, where I should be um, reaching out to influencers to help promote that content. Yeah, I also do. I also use Keyword Planner. I love Keyword Planner. I love the key, Keyword Planner. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of tools. There's Moss. I I actually interviewed yesterday Rand Fishkin, who is. A you did look at you, fancy pants. Yeah. Well, I, now I have Ginny Dietrich. You know, <laughs> I I've got to keep my level up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, of tools, and and Moss has a toolbar that I use all the time. And I'm, yes, the Moss toolbar I love. Yeah. How do you use it? I use it just to see what domain authority is there. So let's say I'm doing a blog post on, like today I did it on um, business trends, what's, what's, how, how, how business trends are changing and what business organizations are doing around transparency. And so I did a search to see who's already written about business trends, and it was the typicals. It was the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and all that. So with the Moz toolbar turned on, I can see what their domain authority is and um, decide where it is that I'm going to start pitching some stories. Oh, that's pretty clever. So you use it to prioritize who yep. you're going to reach reach out to first. Yep. All right. So let's talk about reaching reaching out because that's the you know the nitty gritty of the strategy. That's where the meat of the it meat is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, how do you reach out to these people? Well, I'm a big big believer in building relationships first before asking for anything, mm -hmm. and so you know, a certain social makes it a lot easier today than it did even ten years ago um, when I started the business. Ten years ago, you had to actually pick up the phone and call these people and figure out, you know, whether or not it was a good fit. Today, you can find them online and start building relationships with them that way. The easiest way is through Twitter because it's open; you don't have to have, send a friend requ request or anything like that. Um, and read their stuff, you know, read their stuff. I, if I just a few minutes ago, right before we started this call, got a, a pitch from a PR person that um, clearly has never read my stuff. It was for some uh, dog store opening here in Chicago, which I'm in Chicago, so they know that, but they didn't look to see what I actually write about. So if they had come to me and said, you know, there's some sort of content marketing event in Chicago in the next two weeks and we'd love for you to be there, that makes sense for me, but a dog store opening just because I'm in Chicago does not make sense for me. So you do your research, figure out what they're writing about, and build your relationship not only by communicating with them through the social networks, but share their content, comment on their content, you know, help them build an audience through your network, through your audience, and then ask them for something. So you always want to do, it's that quid pro quo, it's, you know, do something for them before you ask them to do something for you. Yeah. And interviews are really good for that as interviews, well. Interviews, yes, great. For I mean, that. look at us. We're buddies for life now. I know. We're totally buddies for life now. <laughs> I always recommend people do some sort of interviews, even if they don't have a podcast or even if they don't do, do videos. You can always do some sort of interview. I know uh, a guy, the founder of, of, of Founder Mag, he interviewed um, uh, Lots of word. Um, not Donald Trump, but uh, 
Sir Richard Branson. Oh, Richard lost, Branson. Yeah, yep. I lost the name. Yep. So he interviewed him via email. He just sent him the questions that he wanted that. to get answered. Yep. And he replied. With he an, did. That's it, amazing. And he did, I mean, it took him a lot of time to to reach out to Richard Branson, find the gatekeeper, sure, <laughs> his sure. assistant, and go back and forth. But he didn't have to sit down and do an actual podcast or a video with Richard Branson. He just sent him the questions. He replied, and he gave him permission to say, yes, this is an interview that we're doing together, and you can say it is an interview, you see? Um, Love that. Yeah. And um, let, let's – all right, so – you you find them, you reach out in a way that makes sense. How do you ask for the actual mention, the actual link? It depends. You know, uh, contributed content works the best because most orga- most publications and bloggers are always looking for contributed content. You know, can you help them write content that would be valuable to their audience? So it's that's the easiest way because then you can just insert the link into the content that you've produced. Okay. But, you know, some of it is... Oh, you're doing an interview with this with with our organization or with our CEO. Uh, would you mind linking to this article for us? You know, it's just it's asking. It's interesting because with a very minor exception, there's probably there's probably ten journalists that I've run into in the entire world who won't do that. Well, what's interesting is that unless they're the big guys, the big, big guys, you know, the national publications, mm-hmm. um, some of the smaller ones don't even realize that you should be linking to content. So now you've taught them something. You've taught them all about, you know, linking to different articles in, in their content and helping with their own search engine optimization. And they kind of go, oh, I didn't know you were, you were supposed to do that. And then they're more willing to help you because you've just taught them something about increasing their own reach through their publications. That so, happens way more often than not. So, yeah, so you sort of, you, you turn the whole thing into a conversation yep. of going back and forth with this person and, you know, not just like one email like, hey, I have this piece of content, can you link to it? <laughs> but a talking hey, <laughs> no, like, no, that does it, not work. <laughs> yeah, sort of you, you, slimming in and having a conversation with this person, telling, telling them that you like your, your content that and then advising, hey, you should link out and improve your search results. I have this great piece of content. I would love, etc. You know, um, I I do per- I personally do a lot of sponsored art- articles. There are big websites that charge for it's actually it's like an advertisement, but it's actually an article. So that's something that works as well. Yep, totally works. Yep. Um, do you have any specific tools or CRMs that you recommend? Um, yes. Salesforce, of course. Um, Infusionsoft we, it has a huge learning curve, but it's really, really effective. I love MailChimp and HubSpot. Um, I'm testing Rainmaker right now, but so mm-hmm. I've just started it, so I'm not sure if I'm going to recommend it yet or not. Um, Hootsuite. What else do we use? We use Asana. Iris, if you're a PR person, Iris is the number one tool for you to use for media relations. Um, those are probably my top ones. All good tools. All fantastic tools. We're going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of resources mentioned on, on my show notes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was writing like crazy, like, okay, Salesforce, Infusionsoft. <laughs> <laughs> and um how do you how do you use like um how do you track or measure the um, 
the results that you get from this strategy? Google Analytics is the number one spot, and then we tie Google Analytics to the CRM. So if they're using Salesforce, if they're using HubSpot for, for our clients, um, just depends on how we do it. But we've had really good. We have one client where we tie Google Analytics to HubSpot and Salesforce because they use all three, um, and we can go in and tell you exactly how many leads came from a specific specific piece of content. And whether or not those leads turned into customers, it took us a little bit to, I, it probably took us about 60 days to get that system customized exactly the way we wanted it to because it doesn't do it automatically. You have to go in and tweak it the way you want it. Um, but once we got it there, I can go, I could open it right now and tell you exactly how many leads PR alone has, dri has driven to customers for that client. From Which is amazing. From every of the mentions that you have yep. achieved. Yeah, sort of, yeah, sort of return on influence. Yes, exactly. ROI. ROI. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, Jenny, I, I want to ask you, who is your ideal customer and what do you do to serve this person or to reach out? Well, I would say there's two because I have two businesses. On the PR firm side of things, which is the Armit Dietrich side, um, mostly we do mostly B2B and uh, we do a lot of startups but in healthcare so not tech startups but healthcare, healthcare startups um, but a ton of like B2B manufacturing. We, we don't like sexy businesses, we like businesses who pay their bills and who actually don't typically have a marketing team but need counsel on how to get started. So that's on the Armit Dietrich side. On the Spinsex side, it's a business owner who's looking to grow a, a business from six figures to seven and do it through product and passive income. Wonderful. That's perfect. So, all right, Ginny, I think we have, we have put together a, a PR strategy that people can start implementing and, and measuring the results that they, they get from, from the influencers that they, they reach out to for searching optimization, awareness, and lead generation. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Where can people, where can people go to stay in touch with you and Spinsucks.com is the easiest place because everything's there. Perfect. Well, Jeannie, thank you so much for being here. I hope to have you again in the future and, and, and do another awesome interview. That would be great. It was good to talk to you. All righty. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jeannie Dietrich. I hope you see how powerful this strategy is. I think it's the number one growth strategy right now for startups and websites, leveraging the power and the audience these influencers have. You have to establish a relationship and then be very smart about how you nurture those relationships enable in order to grow your traffic, basically. So my homework for you right now is to make a list of the top 100 or 50 people who you would consider influencers in your, in your industry. If you do not know how to do that, I'm going to give you a tip. Head on over to Twitter and search for the most general term that defines your industry. Then click on accounts. Twitter is going to give you a recommendation of the top accounts in that industry. So once you follow one of them, Twitter is again going to recommend more accounts to follow similar to that one. 
And that's gonna drive you through, through a chain of search results in Twitter of accounts that are worthy to follow, that are considered influencers in your industry. Start writing down in a, I don't know, an Excel sheet or a Word document or whatever you want, a paper sheet if you want. Start writing down their Twitter handles, find their websites, write them down, find their email address, write them down, and start interacting with them in social media. Retweet them, make comments, leave comments on their blog posts, send them uh, thank you notes through email. Don't ask for anything, be very courteous. See how you can help them. Uh, find out what they're doing right now and what you could create to make their lives easier. Maybe you find a tool that they haven't noticed for something they're trying to create right now. Maybe they're trying to create, I don't know, an epic cake. I don't know, just something random that came to my mind. And you find an awesome little thing in China, uh, a tool in China that makes cake in five minutes. I don't know, I'm just dreaming, daydreaming right now. <laughs> so there you have it. This, uh, it's a pretty simple concept, right? Creating relationships, nurturing relationships, getting results. It's that simple. Right? Okay? Sounds good? Go on, do it. So, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Sincerely, thank you so much for being here. And until next week, go out and implement what you learned.